we were at a church recently and I was preaching and, and talking about purpose because that's one of the main things that we talk about, God's purposes and plans for your life. And I said, look, if I come back here in six months and all of you have sold your house and you've gone out onto the road and are trying to help churches, you know, I'm, we're going to have to have some church discipline here. This is Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church in Franklin, Indiana, where we explore how the local church fits in with the global church and how the kingdom is at work on a local level. Current Church meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear in Franklin and exists to encounter God, equip the church, and engage the world. We believe that whatever God is going to accomplish in this world, He is going to do through the church Big C. These are our stories and the testimony of the power of God in everyday lives. Find out more at currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Now here's your host, Jeremy. Thanks for being here. If you haven't listened to part one of the He is Revival Ministries two-part series, go ahead and do that now uh, because we're going to pick up about where we left off. He is Revival Ministries, a husband-wife team of Daniel and Alicia Benadani, who along with their daughter Elizabeth travel both in-state here in Indiana and out-of-state to serve churches who have some specific needs. They have a music ministry, preaching ministry, some prophecy, some church training, and as we'll learn a little bit later in today's episode, manual labor. Let me tell you about his revival from a firsthand account. This past Sunday at Current Church, it was Memorial Day weekend, as you might remember, and we had some leadership out of town for graduations and we had some other people traveling for other reasons. So we had asked Daniel and Alicia to fill in for the music portion of our worship. Then Daniel was asked to preach. It was their fourth service of the weekend, fourth service in three days. So they did their five song set, spoke some words over people, and then Daniel brought a humdinger of a word. And then they stayed and locked up the building. That's He Is Revival in a nutshell. You can find out more at heisrevival.com. You can give on the give link there, and you can find them on Facebook as well. He Is Revival. We're going to pick up our conversation about 90 seconds before we stopped last time to give you some context. Thanks for listening. we couldn't have put our match together as far as getting married. I mean, we just met each other and we're both going after God and all of a sudden we're like, wait a second, you want to do that too? Wait a second, you're called to do that? What? Like you can preach, I can preach. Oh, you play guitar, I play piano. Oh, great. Just all the things that came together like that. But we try to be as strategic and effective as we can be with the gifts that we've been given and just the, the way that we are able to operate in churches, you know, together as a team, I think is really unique and important to our model. Well, and there's the one side of what sort of training and what sort of uh, official stuff we've done. You know, I've, I've been trained 
on the mission field. I did, uh, you know, I've, we both went to Bible college. We both have studied all of that. You know, I did a, a school of worship intercession, spiritual warfare and evangelism. And, you know, we did all of those intentional things that equip us for this, but there was also the <laughs> not so good things, mm-hmm. the, the hurts, the wrong that we've seen and been through that have equipped us for this. I think we've really seen it all between the two of us. Uh, I mean, I've had a pastor out of a moral failure. I've had a pastor, I was working in a church where there was a financial moral failure that was pretty epic. We've had situations where there was criminal charges happening with leadership. We've been through church splits. We've been through you know, manipulative pastors, emotional and spiritual abuse situations, um, impropriety, all that kind of stuff. So could it be that God allowed you to have a front row seat for that stuff to birth into you this vision that you have right now? Definitely. Yeah. I think that, you know, obviously God never wanted any of that to happen, but you know, he will redeem anything. And if he can use some of our hurt or some of the terrible things that we've seen to keep it from happening again, man, I I just, I see kingdom all over that. I see the glory of God all over that. And, you know, any of the, you know, it seems like minuscule pain that we've gone through and, and seen, it just is so insignificant in the face of, being able to stop it and, and help grow the church through that. And so, you know, we are able to go into these churches and, and say, look, we've seen exactly this before. Yeah. Or, you know, we've seen where this leads and it doesn't lead any place good. You know, we actually, and one thing to mention is that, we, we try to keep complete anonymity, but we at one point had somebody in a church that we were talking with and we saw something in the church body that could lead to some really bad things, you know, people talking and all of that. And, you know, we, we said, look, this may not seem big, but this could lead to a church split. You know, this needs to be taken care of. So Yeah, and Daniel's really good at identifying those things before they happen. It's one of his gifts, <laughs> I would say, more than other people have. Um, but to me, it's, you know, obviously, like Daniel said, we never want um, anything like that to happen in a church. But the fact that we've been able to see them, when people go through that and um, see a church recover, and we've seen all the fallout from it and talked with people and known them personally and all that, you know, that does give us an insight that maybe other people haven't had and nothing would scare us anymore. We've seen it all. So it's, it's like, okay, well let's just air out the dirty laundry and figure this out from there. It probably removes some of the toxic stigma of those situations as well, because you're able to zoom out and 
Speaking with Daniel and Alicia Benadani of He Is Revival Ministries, HeIsRevival.com, Facebook.com slash HeIsRevival. There's a giving link on their website as well. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention, you said Elizabeth's name. She is f- almost four? Almost four. Almost yep. four. She's a part of this as well. Uh, she is not with us tonight, um, but I believe you can see pictures of her. She says she's part of the worship band. There you go. <laughs> and uh, I remember, I want to back up to the fundraising part a little bit. You guys had a, a fundraising board that you were posting, and I remember amounts as small as $1 a month being on there. You guys were very transparent when talking about cost-cutting and lifestyle trimming. There's probably power in that transparency where, hey, you've done what you can do. You've done your part in being frugal and responsible. And uh, I believe there's power in letting people know that, that, hey, this is where it's going. This is what it costs. And yes, $1 a month at this point from you would help. So I want to encourage people. I mean, at some point, I hope I can give more than I give. But I want to encourage people. It sounds like a cliche, but it will add up and God can use it. Let's talk a little bit. The The name of this podcast is Big C, Little C, and that's essentially our tagline is how the local church fits in with the big church, with the with the kingdom, which is essentially what you guys are doing. There is a trend, I would say millennials, but it's people my parents' age. I'm not getting fed at church. Church attendance is sporadic. The local church isn't cool anymore. I love Jesus, but not the church. I love Jesus, but I've been hurt by the church. I'll get there when I can. The local body, and I could talk about the consumeristic attitude of the churchgoer for a long time, but you guys, what you guys are doing flies in the face of that mentality. And so speak to somebody right now who maybe doesn't understand their role in their local church and how they can be a pretty big hindrance or a pretty big catalyst for change in the local body yeah so uh really if you know there are so many people who find fault so many people who find problems and you know we were talking recently and it's like if if you see that problem that probably means that god is positioning you to help fix it the thing is there, there is a place for everyone in the body. And I, I don't say that, you know, just flippantly there, there is a place and it may not be doing what we're doing. You know, I was at, we were at a church recently and I was preaching and, and talking about purpose. Cause that's one of the main things that we talk about is God's purposes and plans for your life. And I said, look, if I come back here in six months and all of you have, have sold your house and you've gone out onto the road and are trying to help churches, you know, I'm, <laughs> we're going to have to have some church discipline here. <laughs> so it, it doesn't always look like, it doesn't usually look like what we're doing, but there is a part, you know, uh, I'm actually, one of the things that I've been thinking about lately, and we kind of joke about this, is the prep cook. Okay, so we went and stayed with my my brother and sister in law, and I love cooking, and he loves cooking. Neither one of our wives really liked to cook, so we ended up doing a lot of the cooking together. And since it was his house, you know, he had 
great ideas for for these meals so i let him do a lot of the the main chef work and i took the back seat and worked as what what you would call a, a prep cook you know chopping stuff and throwing things away and getting things ready and all of that and he said man thank you so much for doing all of that you know i i know that it's not fun just to chop vegetables or, or whatever and i said man it doesn't it doesn't matter i'm you know i know that it needs to be done and i think that a lot of people are not willing to be the prep cook be the one who doesn't necessarily get the glory doesn't have the glamorous job but without a prep cook I, i'd love to talk to some some chefs and, and ask them how much they appreciate their prep cooks because without somebody cutting the celery or <laughs> making this sauce or whatever it is, it all falls apart. And the thing is, some of those jobs that aren't maybe glamorous, aren't maybe what you would think of as ministry, everything in the church would fall apart without it. So even, even if what you're called to doesn't look like what you think you ought to be called to, you have to realize that it's essential to the body and God has an essential purpose for everyone in the body, you know, and, and each part working together makes it all work. It's almost like that's in the Bible or something. <laughs> well, and I think even beyond like your function in the body, you know, I've heard a lot of people say things like, Oh, it's just not authentic. Like I don't feel a real, you know, deep connection with people. Okay. Then you get to be authentic and you are the person who gets to open up first. Like, if that's your issue, you do it. And I don't have a lot of empathy, maybe, for people who are like, <laughs> maybe feel uncomfortable, because I have never suffered physical harm from being honest in my life, <laughs> and I don't think you will either. So, you know, being the one to risk, being the one to push forward into what God has for, you know, a church community in a city, you know, that's a huge, important thing to be doing. That, that's the kingdom and bringing the kingdom on earth. So if you're not willing to actually, you know, put yourself out there or you're not willing to push community if you feel a lack of community and not have people over at your house, then you there's nothing that anyone can do to help you because you're the one not helping yourself. So I think it isn't about, oh, this church doesn't meet my needs or, you know, I don't like the way that they do this thing, or I don't, you know, if I make it, if it's convenient for me, oh, when the kids aren't sick or whatever, I guess we'll be there. It's not about that. Those are all the excuses. But the point is, if you're a Christian, you are a part of the body, whether you're sick or healthy. And there's no way to get out of that because Jesus, his body, Jesus's body is you in the church. So you can be gone if you want, but you're still a part of this and you might as well get on board. Mm, that's good. And if I could just take a moment like you like you were talking about to address yeah people who have been hurt by the church have decided that they're done with the church you know we've been at that point yes. we've been ready to give up on the church we've been hurt pretty bad you know we've been in in leadership in churches and i can guarantee no matter how much hurt you think that you suffer as as laity as not being part of leadership, you suffer a lot more being in leadership. So we've been hurt, but you need the church and the church needs you 
to cut yourself off from the local body and not give it another shot. I understand getting hurt by a church and wanting to find another one and taking some time to do that. I understand that. Trust me. I, I understand that. But to cut yourself off completely is really only hurting yourself. You need the church. It's, you know, the, the old saying is cutting off your nose to, to spite your face. You know, it, that's really all that you're doing by cutting yourself off from the church. You know, the hand, if you cut it off, will die. And being a part of a local body is essential to your spiritual growth. And I believe that no matter where you are in the country, I know that there are places with awesome churches, and I know that there, there are maybe some places with some with not as many awesome churches, at least that you've found, whoever I, it is I'm speaking to. But get back out there. There's a place for you, and there's a place for you to serve. There's a place for you to grow. And if it's not exactly as you think the Lord wants it to be, you can be that agent for change. And there is life after a church split. There's life after wounds that have been inflicted by the church. And whether you leave a church because of those wounds and then you carry them with you, or whether you stay in a church or in even if it's a different church body in the same city, but if if you stay with the church, Big C, um, and heal through that together, you're going to have to heal one way or the other. And it's honestly to your benefit to stay with, you know, the body that's been hurt all together and just move forward because there's something so beautiful about the healing that God brings and the maturity that comes with, you know, having that experience together that you just cannot get any other way. So much good stuff here. I want to grab some stories from you. We haven't done that yet. We'll do that when we get back. It's Daniel and Alicia Benadni from He Is Revival Ministries. HeIsRevival.com. To support the ministry, go to HeIsRevival.com and click on Give. The Big C, Little C podcast from Current Church. Hey, this is Gene, the front man at Current Church. and glad you found our podcast. Hope you'll find something that you can enjoy and you can take away with you. You can hit me up directly, uh, gene at currentchurch.net. Love to field any questions you might have regarding me or the church or the podcast or anything that's happening there. Hopefully you'll find out through this time that we're just a family of people that love Jesus and are working it all out from day to day, just trying to figure it out as we go with the Holy Spirit directing us every step of the way. Yeah, we make some mistakes, but I think we're probably doing some stuff right. If you ever want to visit us, you can find us at 230 Commerce Drive. We meet at the Gear in Franklin, 6 p.m. on Sunday nights. You can sleep in, come hang out on Sunday night. It's what I do. You can visit our website, currentchurch.net, or on all the social medias, ish. Instagram at currentchurchfranklin, Facebook slash currentchurch. This is my best radio voice. It's also the only voice I have. Hey, now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Big C, Little C, a podcast ministry of Current Church. Okay, so you guys have been in full-time ministry for what, eight, nine months now. I know there are stories. Let's start with a funny one, if there's a funny one. If there's no funny one, <laughs> let's uh, skip to a testimonial-style story. Well, we did have one time, I'll, I'll tell on myself, 
<laughs> Easter. What was Easter? So oh. we got invited to do a sunrise service uh, at a church in Illinois. And we were so blessed. We love this church so much. Uh, they're, they're great people. And so we did a little bit of worship and I preached. And <laughs> they had this awesome smelling breakfast that they had uh, cooking up the whole time. Now... Since it was Easter, we were planning on also spending some time with my family. And so we were, we got done. I told Alicia, okay, we've really just got time to like go back and eat like two bites and then we need to leave. So I had gone, everybody had kind of gone over to go eat and I started packing up everything. And then I went to the bathroom and, you know, was just getting ready to go. Well, we went, <laughs> I get out of the bathroom, we grab everything. I think we even put it in the car and then we go over into their fellowship hall and they had all been waiting on us. <laughs> we walk in, there's like all these people just looking at us, waiting for us. And I was like, I'm sorry, Jane, was in the bathroom. <laughs> we can all eat now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsies. <laughs> They're so gracious though. It was it was nice, but oh man. <laughs> yeah. I felt foolish, but uh Well, without getting specific, what are you finding in what ways is the enemy attacking the local church? What are you guys seeing? <sighs> or you can get specific. Well, there's so many different attacks that are going on. The first thing that comes to mind for me is just like a lack of unity or a lack of like buy-in on the, basically the mission of the church and the vision for where they're headed and who they're reaching and things like that. Um, that's just a hard thing for people, I think. And when you don't have that unity and you don't have that sense of purpose, um, you know, it becomes really difficult to make a difference in your community and uh, I think that's a way that the enemy really cripples a lot of churches. Yeah, and I talked about earlier how we talk about purpose so much. And I believe it's really a big part of my testimony is, you know, God has a purpose and a plan for each of us. And in the local body, God has a purpose and a plan for each of us. And there's still so much of this mentality of, you know, okay, there's the pastor, there's the elders, maybe deacons, whoever, however the church is set up. And then there's the pew warmers, you know, and, and their job is just to come to church and sing and then leave. And that's, that's their job. And that's our job. And that's such a big problem because if you if you aren't bought in to something, if you don't have that buy-in, you know, and if I believe people are looking for a challenge, we've for so long made the Christian life, just nothing, just enigmatic. And, and there's no challenge to it. No, you know, especially I'm a man. So I, I have a heart for men, Men especially want a challenge and 
you know, a lot of times we leave spirituality, you know, we, we say that's woman's work, you know, and that's, that's, that's for the women to do. And a lot of that's because we've not challenged people. We've not challenged them spiritually to step up and, you know, be the, be the head of their household, be the man. We haven't challenged them in growing. We haven't even challenged them to do the physical things of the church. I've, I've noticed a a lot of times like pastors do all this work on the church and, you know, a lot of times they've got men who don't know how to, don't know how to engage in any other way really than to physically serve and, you know, getting engaged in that way is so important. So I'd say that's, that's one way that one attack of the enemy on the church. I think another one is um, this is a, a kind of a sneaky attack. I think, but there's like a certain cool way to do church. It seems like, um, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. It's fine, but sometimes when you've been at one church and you are hurt by it, and it looks a certain way, you have lights and you have a backsplash that looks a certain way, and you have this kind of music and these kinds of haircuts and these kinds of clothes that the people are wearing. It's all silly things, little things, but when you go from church to church, that they have that, that same quality to it, it can be difficult to want to engage because you start to think, well, this is just the product that the church is offering me at this point. You know, this is the cool way to do church, and maybe I'm not interested, or maybe I'm not, um, maybe I don't belong in this, I don't look like those people, I don't act like those people, or talk like them, or have the same interests, so maybe there's just not a place for me here. And I think a lot of people start to disqualify themselves either from the like big church, cool church idea, or the maybe the church is smaller, maybe it has you know older people in it, older style worship or whatever. Just if you don't quite fit with the feel of the places that are around you, you start to think maybe I don't fit in general, and people start excluding themselves from the body. And I think that it happens subconsciously, and it just it just cuts people off that would uh, in other ways bring life to the church. Another thing that I've seen and, and I I think a lot of people have seen and maybe not realized. So (laughs) this is going to sound really nerdy, but I was uh, watching a video today and it was talking about the Roman army and how the different divisions that they had and the different roles that people played and there was one role the the people who would come out first they were usually the youngest and their job they'd have a, a shield maybe a spear and they would go out and line up you know not necessarily in in perfect formation but they would line up in front of the rest of the army maybe you know 30 feet ahead it sounded like and it would look like they were the soldiers that were going to fight. However, what their real job was, was to shield what was going on behind them. So they would build basically this wall of shields. And when the enemy would look out at, at the Roman army, they would see, okay, here's this line. And, they couldn't really see that much of the formations and everything, all the planning and strategy that was happening behind them. Then 
when it was really interesting the when the attack would actually happen those guys would normally just flee they weren't even expected to kill they were they were expected to run back to behind the rest of the army and let the older guys let the the big boys do the fighting so i think in the same way we have so many little issues the enemy is putting out so many little issues in front of us that are actually inconsequential that can't hurt us that can't do any real damage but they block our vision of what is actually going on behind the scenes and if the enemy can keep us trapped in this well he said this she said that you know oh i'm i am just so fired up about this extra biblical uh doctrinal issue oh you know whatever it is and whoever is listening could probably fill in the blanks of <laughs> they seem like the real enemy but in all reality it's just there to keep us focused on on that and not look at the big boys behind it not look at the real attack that's coming fascinating it is uh, Daniel and Alicia Benadani of He's Revival Ministries, HeIsRevival.com. A support opportunity there at HeIsRevival.com and click on the Give link. Also on Facebook, He Is Revival. We should think about wrapping up. Um, and Alicia, I may, you spoke to our church a couple months ago. And that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a whole other thing to unpack. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'll probably have you back to do so. Great. If um, you're willing. But one thing I want to... One thing I want to draw out from that is that night you um, told the church that you were called to be a prophet, prophetess. And when you said that, there there wasn't a choir of angels and the halo that appeared above you. It was just a mom addressing her church body saying, hey guys, uh, I'm a prophet. <laughs> Don't know and what that means quite, trying to figure it out. <laughs> and I think, I think there is, especially in current day culture... There's probably some a stigma with that word. Yes. And maybe even within our church, somebody doesn't maybe have a grasp of Old Testament prophets were, were oh, like on, yeah. this, on this pedestal. So what for you in your heart and your answer to that calling, what does that mean? Just as I said, as a, as a mom, as a wife, as a, yeah. a servant of Christ. Yeah, I mean, it is a loaded term, and it's is a hot-button issue in a lot of places. Um, I think the big difference that has helped me think about it is there's a gift of prophecy, um, and then there's also an office of a prophet, or the role of a prophet, I would say. And that is um, you know, like a calling where God's asking you to be a person who will be his you know, a mouthpiece he can use. He can use anyone, anything. It does not have to be a prophet by any means, but a person who has an invitation to, which we all have this, but there's an invitation I feel God has extended to me in my calling to go deep with him and to be able to voice what he wants 
for his church and for, you know, what he sees for the future and the good things that are to come and the good things that could happen and what he's trying to do in the, in the background and all that kind of stuff. So that's my like very, very rough sketch so far of what I've understood about it. What I do know is that I don't feel any different or try not to act any different than any other time. I just feel like I'm trying to be faithful to the calling that I feel God is giving me. Mm -hmm. And I think that means, you know, being willing to speak up, but also being willing to live in a way that maybe encourages people or helps people, you know, realize what God's wanting to do in their lives or whatever. I think it's just kind of like being a Christian at this point for me. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's, it's scary and it's a weird feeling to say that out loud. I had not said that publicly ever before then and not really since because it's it is a, a loaded term um and I don't know how it fits and I don't know how it connects all the time or whatever but I can't deny it either. So um I'm still learning, I'm still growing. I think there are lots of ways that God can use me in that role. I mean, I feel called to write books. I feel called to produce, you know, material that I think is strategic and that I believe is from God, you know, to help his church and to help, you know, move things forward with the church and into um, an expansion of the kingdom. I think that's just the goal. And I just try to be faithful as much as I can be to that. That question is not to exclude Daniel, who, of course, is the Jolly Prophet. Yes. Uh, before we wrap up, I know you guys have spent some time um, out of state. What have you seen God do uh, through you, for you? How is he using you, particularly in your foray into Mississippi? Well, really, we just uh, we see ourselves as another tool in the tool belt of, of the church, and we're to be used how we can be. Um, and luckily <laughs> we have a lot of skill sets. I have a particular set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have these skill sets and, and are able to help in a lot of ways. So really it comes down to what does that church need? Sometimes that church just needs somebody to, to fill in for worship for a week. And we're, we, we love doing that. Sometimes they just need even a fill in preacher or just somebody to come in and, and ignite some new life. We've, we've done that in churches being able to come in and, and, you know, give a word from the Lord for that specific church and be able to speak into their situation. We, we just spent a total of six weeks in, in Vicksburg, Mississippi, with an amazing church there called Lighthouse. And what they needed, you know, we talked to the pastor about us coming down and we said, what what do you view as the needs of your church? And he said, well, I need my people trained in evangelism and we need some help in, in worship. So we came down and we did worship every week we were there. We also did evangelism training for that church, which, you know, I think was 
really successful helps mm-hmm. people think about things in a in a new way you know we've had all these different trainings and different things that have been deposited into us that we're able to take and deposit into others so i've been trained in evangelism and 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 we've seen the good the bad and the ugly and we were able to give that to them as well we also just did church life with them we you know i hung out with the pastor he actually <laughs> he needed some help he's got a contracting uh company that he runs needed some help hanging some cabinets so i helped him do that and then I, <laughs> we actually <laughs> went in and helped renovate the church they needed like three walls torn down and supports built up and you did say you had skills. Lots of skills. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, it, it really, I feel like that's a, a perfect way of showing what we can do. You know, we did worship. We did evangelism training. We've spoken to the leadership. And I did a bunch of construction. <laughs> <laughs> and a women's just, night. I painted, know, I painted people's fingernails. And Yeah, they did a women's <laughs> night, too. And I, Any masonry involved? Right. No masonry, not this okay. time. But, you know, I told the pastor, literally whatever you need. Yeah. And he said, <laughs> we went to their district council, and he told people that I had helped him, you know, with tearing down some walls and, and all of that, and... He said, you know, he told me whatever I needed, so I took advantage. And he said, you know, I think he'll think twice next time. And honestly, I, <laughs> I won't because that's that's yeah. what we're there for, whatever yeah. they, that pastor or that church needs. We should stop. Any parting words for the faithful listeners who have made it to the end of episode two with He Is Revival Ministries? Thank you. <laughs> we love you. And really, thank you for um, all the support and for uh, encouraging us and being part of what we're doing because, um, yeah, without our church body and without people behind us, we could not be making these crazy changes or doing any of this crazy stuff because, you know, it's all about, you know, sending people off to do their calling and you guys have done that for us. So we're just so grateful. The plethora of awesome information you've given us. Love these guys. It's Daniel and Alicia from He Is Revival Ministries. He is revival.com. Click on give to support, be a part of this work. And you can find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash he is revival. Thanks, guys. Thank you. listening to Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church. For more information, visit currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Current Church is located in Franklin, Indiana and meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear. Theme music written and performed by Still the Hand, imaging by Jessica Albertson. Please join us next time for more conversations on Big C, Little C.